Welcome to the Purple Talk Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and uh, the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks, we've uh, we've gone all over the map to bring you in some guests. But we're going to get back to basics today. Uh, me and Doug are going to we're back together. We're back, Doug. How are you? And uh, got a little respite from the podcast. Man, what, what you been doing, man? You've been you've been going without me. What's up with that, bro? <laughs> Well, I, I assumed that... Don't start stuttering. Well, I assumed... You would have to yeah. you assume. You make yeah. the ass out of you and me. That's exactly it. I assumed that you were busy doing your show and... Oh, all okay. of these, I'm, I'm busy. All of these other people are locked. Funny, they're locked in their house. And I'm like, you know what? Let's yeah. let's branch out a little bit and, and bring some other okay. people in. So Doug doesn't have to do it every week. Uh, but now I realize that... Uh, Doug, we ain't got nothing going on, so so we've got to get on the podcast and talk. Um, how are you? How are you holding up through all this? You know, a little stir crazy, but um, all, all is well. Um, you know, I do get uh, I go to the studio once a day. Um, Grant's doing his his part from home. The studio is pretty much bare down there, so go in for a couple hours and then come back home but you know we're my wife uh my son we're just uh hanging tough trying to stay safe and practice social distancing and uh, do our part to try to keep ourselves safe which when you do that you keep your neighbor safe and that's kind of how everything bounces around so for the most part i would say we're doing all right all right uh I, we're the same uh, my biggest challenge doug is getting my uh my boys to do their their homework that's been the biggest challenge. My first challenge was getting my dad to stay inside. Uh, we've talked about this before. My dad has COPD. Um, you know, it, mm-hmm. he was a, a smoker for 50 years um, and has, I think, 35% lung capacity. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, getting him to stay inside is a big thing. So, I, I've got him on lockdown. He's been on lockdown for over two weeks now. Um, he's allowed to take his golf cart out in the lake area that we live in, but he's not allowed to stop and talk to anyone. <laughs> Uh, and he's got to wear a mask. Um, but, uh, it's just our reality here, Doug is, is absolutely, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it it is a, it's a different time. And I, you know, I think ultimately after this is what we're going to experience, uh, the new normal. What, what is that going to be? I think there are going to be a lot of, a lot of changes in our world, I think from this standpoint, and I'm talking pandemic, epidemic, all, all the the things that could go wrong, I think we will ultimately be better for it because after we experience something, we usually adapt and figure out ways to overcome it, be prepared, and people take it more seriously. And for that, we will be better. But this is a definitely a strange, strange time because it's not just a, uh, a community uh, a state uh, a country it is global and that is different when it's global yeah it is different and you know you bring that point up Doug it's such a good point if you look and see what happened the where this started um, you know sort of the nexus of the coronavirus in the Wuhan province or whatever it is in, in China um, they had been through SARS in 2003 and they were much better prepared. They understood what locking down a country meant. They uh, they were able to get on it very quickly. Um, maybe they haven't been exactly honest with all of their stuff, but that is one thing we do know. They were able to 
you know, get really on top of it quickly. Um, and I, I think if nothing else, we will have learned a very, very harsh lesson about uh, preparedness, about taking things seriously, um, about, you know, putting the right people in the right place to make sure that we're, uh, we're heading the right direction when it comes to this stuff. And um, so hopefully if this happens again, which of course it will, because that's, you know, the way that the world works, that's the way that uh, viruses like this work. Um, we'll see something else like this in our lifetime, most likely, Doug, maybe not this severe, uh, but we will be better prepared for that situation. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in the midst of, you know, my wife is working from home, but she actually, you know, works uh, in, she's not a healthcare provider, but she works for a healthcare provider and just the amazing stuff that she is going through every single day as they're preparing for this stuff and what's coming for California. So I, I think, you know, just to leave the Corona conversation on th at this, Doug, the worst is coming and people need to know that. And hopefully that, you know, we give you some respite by uh, giving you some basketball and some other things to, to listen to. But uh, you need to heed the warning because California is going to be there on the front lines coming in, you know, the coming days. It, it's it's almost here where um, it really hits us in the real way. And it's just, it's going to be a dark time and we got to get through it. Um, you know, Doug, I, I don't want to, let's get all of this stuff out of the way right now. Um, the second thing I want to talk about, uh, just a huge, huge uh, hug, you know, out to Gary Gerald and his family. Um, they lost their daughter this last week. Um, yes. it, it, it's extremely tough. Uh, you know, I've been around Gary Gerald for a long time. Um, and I'm going to tell people, they just don't understand the, uh, Gary Gerald and Jerry Reynolds are two of the best people that you're ever going to meet. If you don't have, if you haven't had the privilege to ever meet them, I just want people to know that whatever you could possibly think of them and, and you know how they're just thought of as um, just such huge pieces to the Sacramento Kings community they are so much better behind the scenes they are both amazing individuals and to watch Gary and his wife and his son go through something like this his son-in-law uh, his daughter-in-law uh, go through something like this with their daughter Beth um, passing away this last week um, it absolutely tragic. Um, you know, we were around Gary during the time when his daughter Beth had a stroke, um, and to watch him handle his job with grace and dignity while uh, the pain was overwhelming uh, behind the scenes, um, absolutely brutal. Um, so thoughts and prayers there, Doug. Um, do you have anything on that? You know, um, the G-Men is one of my, uh, and, and you mentioned Jerry Reynolds as well, both of them, but uh, G-Men is one of my absolute favorite people, man. He's, um, fr from when I played, he's always been the same. Um, the way he talks, always having time, always being present when you're speaking to him. He sits in front of me, and I sit in the very last seat on the plane, and he sits right in front of me, and I'm blessed to have incredible conversations with him about life, about basketball. So when, you know, his daughter was sick and, you know, his wife and everything that was going on, you know, to watch him 
still do his business at the highest level. And, uh, you know, maybe that was a two hour, three hour, you know, reprieve just to kind of pump the brakes, get away from things, take a quick breath before you get back to real life. And as you mentioned, he handled it with, with such grace and dignity and you couldn't meet a, a, a better person. The words, they don't really do justice to who he is and truly how I feel about G-Man and, and Jerry both. They, they just, they've been spectacular to me from so many different levels, um, always there, whether it was, you know, during the basketball time and just talking basketball or interviewing and going through tough times losing and going through great times of winning or taking on a second career and wanting advice uh, about how I go about this new undertaking and them always being able to be right there. So um, heart goes out to G-Man. He, he knows he is loved uh, beyond measure, man. So, you know, uh, these tough times, they, they won't last, but uh, the he definitely will, and he knows that he is loved. In, not only in this community, you know, he, by a lot of, we talked to Mario Andretti, Grant and I did on the radio the other day, the, the iconic race car driver, mm -hmm. and he sent his best to, to the G-Man because G-Man was in that racing world as well. So, um, yeah, it just uh, was, was heartbroken, but understand that uh, just he's an incredible person, man. Yeah, he is. Uh, 35 years he's been the voice, the radio voice of the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, and this, it'll bring me to a strange point here, Doug. Uh, again, we will get to some basketball talk here in a few minutes, but um, this is a moment where, like, people are, uh, it, it's hard to say. Like, Doug, I, I am a talker. You know that. Uh, I'm a type A personality. Um, I like to talk on the phone. Um, I text a lot now, but still I prefer like conversations. Um, we did the podcast, me and Jerry did the podcast last week and, uh, we talked for probably 10, 15 minutes before we talked for probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes after the podcast, the podcast, I think was 50 minutes long. Um, I realized very quickly that Jerry, like me was starved, starved to talk basketball because it's who we are. It's what we do. It's what we've been. It's what's defined us for so long. Um, and so uh, I actually, I had to call him back on a follow-up on, on a story that I wrote off of the podcast about uh, the debt lift shrimp almost trade. I don't know if you, if you read that or saw that, Doug, that, you know, Jerry. No, had a, I didn't. I didn't. He, he had a trade worked Dad out. a good yeah. friend of mine. Yeah. He had a trade worked out uh, for Lionel Simmons for debt lift shrimp when, uh, before debt lift went to Seattle when he was with Indiana. And, yep, uh, yep. and and ownership turned it down because they didn't want to pay debt lift after, you know, it, because he was going to be up. He had one more year left on his deal, but they knew they were going to have to pay him. Um, so mm -hmm. anyway, I had to call Jerry back. And, you know, again, next thing I know, I'm on the phone for 40 minutes. And so yeah. I, my point is there are people out there that you guys are thinking of. Uh, this is a good time to reach out and talk to people because... Uh, I, I would much rather talk to Jerry for, for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, let him get some of that out. Let me get some of that out, that just that need for human interaction. And then uh, maybe that helps him stay inside. Maybe it helps me stay inside and, and kind of do what I'm supposed to do. 
but reach out to people and do what you need to do uh, to reconnect at this time because a lot of people that you're thinking of are thinking of you or thinking of other people that you know they they just need some sort of contact uh, to keep them sort of grounded at this point. So make that a, a sort of a something that I would recommend during this time when we're all you know in our in our homes in, under house arrest basically. You, you gotta you, you gotta make sure that you you tap in and, and check in with the people that you love and or you're just thinking of as you as you mentioned you, you're right when you talk about um, Jerry Reynolds I mean just the ability to sit and talk with him I mean we've had conversations as you just mentioned that you know it just starts with hey how you doing <laughs> and and before you know it, man, we we he's like, oh man, I gotta go, I gotta get up to the set, or I'm like, oh man, let me let me go, I I forgot I'm here in a domestic capacity. <laughs> so it just it goes it goes on and on because it's uh, it's very natural. There's there's no there's no faking in Jerry. He's just a, a really good down to earth person, and it's always great talking because uh, he he knows more about and forgot more about basketball than the most of us will ever know. Yes, I agree. Uh, let's touch base on one other thing. Um, Marty McNeil, longtime uh, reporter for the Sacramento Bee. He was a beat writer for years. Uh, at, during your time, Doug, he was a beat writer, uh, the beat writer covering the Sacramento Kings. Um, we got word that he's in a Dallas, uh, a Dallas hospital. It is not uh, corona-related, um, but he's having some health concerns. And just thoughts and prayers to Marty. Um, for again, Marty is one of the greatest characters that, uh, that the league has ever known and to be in a room, um, I, I would have him on the podcast, uh, but I gotta be honest with you, Marty can't stop from saying the F word, like (laughs) every other word. Um, I used to record video of, of practice and then you just have to scrap it because Marty would drop f bomb after f bomb in the background, and um, he's he's an absolute. You gotta joke. edit, man. You gotta edit. Yeah, but you can't. Ed- there's there's a certain <laughs> there's a cliff that you you know once you get to a certain point, Doug, you cannot edit any more out. You just have to cut the audio. You know, I have to drop in some like some music, some clean music to cover. Um, yeah, so Marty is, uh, I've heard that he's doing, he's doing okay and that, uh, things are going well. Um, but just, uh, again, thoughts and prayers to Marty McNeil. He's an absolute treasure. Uh, I will try to get him on the podcast. Um, he has a a story from when he was in college, Doug, uh, that is possibly the greatest story of revenge in the history of, of stories about, uh, a guy who, uh, yeah, who, who, um, got him I think I think the guy like got him with some snowballs so Marty went out and and got snowballs and hid them in his freezer for like six months and when the guy had had completely forgotten about it Marty busts through his door with an armload of snowballs that were literally like six month old six month old snowballs that were in his freezer and pelted the dude in the middle of his house um but yeah, he's a character, and so uh, you know, well wishes to Marty Mack. Uh, I, I hope everything works out with him and his health concerns. Um, so, Doug, let's get to uh, let's get to some basketball talk here. Um, you know, the Sacramento Kings are on hiatus. Uh, I'm not a 2K guy, so I'm not going to dive into uh, 
you know, Harrison Barnes playing 2K. Um, and I know that the Aaron Fox people are learning now that he's a Call of Duty genius and probably could be a professional Call of Duty player. Um, I, I'm not getting into that either. Uh, we all have our, our things that we do outside of here. Um, but, you know, when you look at uh, what we've seen over the last couple of, the last week, we've got to see some of these replays. Um, is there anything that stood out to you uh, from the replays? Um, to me, again, um, we get to see Marvin Bagley have his uh, his breakout game against the San Antonio Spurs from last season uh, when he had that incredible alley-oop dunk from Yogi Ferrell. Um, I, I just, Doug, I keep, every time I watch him play, because we have not got to see him, you're just reminded of how incredibly gifted he is and how good he can be. Um, but, you know, that that doesn't really mean anything unless he can stay healthy. Yeah, you know, what, what it when I watch all this stuff, it what it remind what what I think of is, I hope that every single one of them understand the micromanaging side of where we're at. You can he he can totally come out of this with an incredible body, and and that doesn't mean he's not going to get hurt but he can totally give him, I mean, you can just totally recreate your body and, and come out of this just way stronger and more dynamic. And he's already incredibly dynamic, whether it's free throw shooting uh, from him and Fox or dribbling and passing from Buddy. And these are the times where you can get in tight quarters and you can, you can really break it down and you can work on it in ways that you don't really have time to be honest with you, because even ham in the summertime. So let's take the, the regular season. You know, I always call micro and macro, you know, you and I talk about this macro mm -hmm. is the whole movement meaning, and that's most of the training that these guys get. They train the whole movement. Well, you know me, I like to break the movement down into pieces because that's where the improvement comes. Well, these are the, those exact times because in the summertime, you don't really have that time. You know, you're going on vacation, you're visiting the family, you're, 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 you are working out, but most times you're, you're not what I call in the lab. And this is more lab work. This is the stuff that Kobe would focus on. And now being in these close quarters, I'm just hoping, and this is what I, uh, unfortunately, my nerd mind of basketball looks at when I watch this stuff is that's what I'm hoping these guys take out of this and come back as, just diabolical creatures that have dug in and have come back so much better because this is one of those rare opportunities. I, I don't, we've never seen it before. So, I mean, you are, you are in the house and, you know, I went and bought my son a basketball hoop for the backyard. Our backyard is really, really small. So I was like, man, you can work on all the flip shots and the push shots and the left hand and the up and unders and all that. I mean, you can come out of this incredibly form shooting. You can stand there for, you know, a thousand, 2000 a day and just hone that thing to where it is just out of control. So that's what I'm hoping when I look at um, Marvin, his body, Buddy, uh, Bogey, um, uh, De'Aaron Fox. That's what I'm thinking and hoping for. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like, you hope that all of them have equipment at home, that they have the ability to, to keep up with the game, to do the work that they need to do. Um, you know, again, the practice facility is shut down at this point. Everything is shut down at this point. 
Um, and, and you talk about this. It, uh, I've, I've had discussions with people about this, the way that my mind works. Um, you know, I, I've discussed this before, but I have a degree in, in U.S. history. Uh, that's uh, I'm not like a tr- I didn't go through J school. Uh, I I love history, and uh, and what Doug, how I always say this to people like, look, you have a a war, right? You have let's say the Civil War, but you want you want to know about a battle that happened, and so you click in basically on the little zoom bar on on Google, and, and you kind of zoom in on a battle. And then when you're in that battle, someone will catch your imagination. So, uh, you know, a general that did amazing things, uh, someone that just captured your imagination and you zoom in there and, and you get tighter in there. And, and then once you get deep inside uh, a, an event, you should have the ability to pull back and go in, pull back and go in and let your mind see the little fine details and then the big mm-hmm. picture. And so I think that's what uh, you're hoping that players do, that, you know, it's something that I need to work on this specific thing, but let me not forget the big picture and how this specific thing works inside of the big picture. And so I, I think it's really, really smart, uh, the way that your brain works when it comes to that. I hope that these players are feeling the same way, that it's not um, just nothing but Call of Duty <laughs> and we get back to the season and... Uh, De'Aaron Fox has lost 20 pounds and he looks like De'Aaron Fox's rookie season. And then you're like, oh man, what happened? Uh, but, you know, this is, I think this is one of those moments where uh, are you in it? Are are you here to win or are you not? Are are you dedicated yeah. or are you not? And, and it's something that I think we're going to have to wait and see, right? You are listening to the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California brought to you by Wendy's. Let's get to one of our sponsors. Big O Tires is open and here to serve you. In accordance with the shelter-in-place mandate, Big O Tires is considered an essential business and most locations remain open. Call your local Big O Tire store for store hours and information. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, let's get back to it. Doug Christie, James Ham, the Purple Talk Podcast. Well, you, you know, the, these are the these are the times that you can really break something down and how far down the rabbit hole are you really, really willing to go to, you know, you always ask a player, do you want to, how good do you want to be? Oh, I want to be the best. Okay. And then you can slide over on the table, a, a recipe of what it may take to be the best. And then I, uh, I don't know about that. You know, what getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, okay. Well, so how far are you willing to go? Because when you talk about equipment, like I'm, I'm past, I'm past equipment. Ham. Hey, all you need is a basketball. When I'm talking about form shooting, mm-hmm. I mean, you can lay on your back on the floor and just practice on the release coming off of your hands for 5,000 a day, left hand and right hand. You can, you know, um, I'm talking push-ups. I'm talking lunges, uh, every angle of lunge, 360 lunge, making sure that the flexibility, take some yoga. Just there are so many different ways to, and everyone has these 
these parts of their game that that aren't that next next level and how do you want to go about trying to come back as a better version of yourself and i think you're spot on buddy yeah i mean this is a a time where we hope that um i mean look there's so much uncertainty doug there's a there's a very good chance that the nba season is over um that we just don't know it yet uh, they're talking, they, they've got some ideas. Um, they've got some ideas of potentially pulling all of the teams into one location and basically finishing the season in one location. And then after the season is finished, uh, going right into the playoffs, uh, maybe doing a play-in tournament, maybe not doing a play-in tournament. I mean, there are all these different avenues that, that they're considering. Um, of course, that would be without fans. I assume it would be without media. I mean, if it's in Las Vegas, Doug, I, I can drive to Las Vegas and stay away from people. I don't have to take a plane, um, and I can sit in a hotel room by myself and go watch games from a distance and then, you know, leave and come back. And um, so there are these avenues there that, you know, if they allowed fans, I mean, not fans, if they allowed media in, uh, fans are, are, are probably not going to see another NBA game up close this season. I, I just can't imagine um, you know, that we're going to get to a point between now and June or July where social, social distancing is just completely gone. It's, it's just completely out the window. I, I don't think we're going to get there. Um, but no. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Doug, how do you, how do we do this? How do we put this thing back together in a perfect world now? Uh, how would you like to see this thing play out? You know, I, I don't think that we are going to get to that point when you talk about eradicating social distancing until there is some sort of vaccine that the coronavirus is contractable, but you won't die. Meaning that, okay, yeah. that, that you, when we get to that, I think that that'll probably be some sort of normalcy. I think for going forward, I think the cleanliness and different stuff is going to be good. I think people are going to take that a lot more serious. These are super bugs we're talking about. And then we have to think that, you know, just like everything, bugs evolve and there'll be a next generation of this. And that's where hopefully, you know, we take different strides to make sure that we are prepared as a country and as a world to uh, take care of it. I I don't know that, you know, I've thought about the Vegas thing um, very early on, you know, because Vegas is pretty, it's shut down, actually. Um, Oddly enough, we had on the radio that it was like 1931 or whenever Vegas opened. I can't remember the the, the date, but uh, it closed for the first time on the same day that it opened that that, that many years ago. So (laughs) that that was was incredible. but with all the hotels and the infrastructure and the facilities and everything that it has, it, it would be the perfect location to be able, that's why they do summer league there mm-hmm. to house teams, um, quarantine them, um, quarantine the staff that is going to be working and cooking the food. And, you know, you, you have the ability to do something like that on a high enough level that um, could possibly work. Uh, hey. I don't know that, that the NBA wants to take that undertaking because as you and I sit here and talk about it, you know, now you got to think of planes and getting there and pilots. And there, there are a lot of different things that would have to take place to make it happen. But if they were serious and, and really want to finish the season and do it with no, you know, I know a lot of people and I'm jumping around here, so I apologize, Ham, but I know a lot of people 
have talked about, um, or I should say players have talked about playing without fans in the stands. And to me, that's not a big deal. That's how, that's how we grew up. We, we grew up at the park. We grew up playing and there wasn't nobody there. And that was some of the best basketball that I've ever played in my life. And I, I, I enjoy the fans. I love the fans, but there comes a point where you enjoy and you play for that part of it. But if you've never played in a gym without people there or at a park without people there, that's the true raw essence of basketball. So I personally don't think that that should be um, a, a big problem if we're trying to give similar to FDR, the president, when he said continue to play baseball because the American people need something to go away from. I'm not a, uh, you know, a big bad person on the fact that, okay, they're trying to do something to entertain people who are at home. I get some people are saying, oh, you know, we got to think of a bigger picture. And, and we do. Um, I, I'm saying this in, in from the standpoint, Ham, of no, don't put anybody in harm's way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if we have ability to do it without putting people in harm's way, I think it's something that could be done and maybe looked at. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Doug. I mean, you bring up a lot of points there. And I had uh, Scott Moak on the pod last week, and Scott and I talked about what would it be like to call for him to MC a game mm-hmm. with no fans. And he's like, man, I don't know. He's like, I guess you would. He's like, I don't know if you would need me. Or maybe you do. He's like, I'm kind well, of. Let me, let me, let me say yeah. this real quick, Cam. See, like, so if you if you go to all of our listeners right now, and we have a lot of them, we appreciate everybody who tunes in to the Purple Talk podcast. Um, you go and you look at Rucker Park. Uh, a lot of us grew up with MCs who they they stand. It, it's a it would be a different if you wanted to do it that way. The MC is the is the fan. And they're talking about the game while it's 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 going. It's really it was it'd be different. It's almost like if you just turned on Grant and I in the arena. Uh, you know what I mean? That that would be kind of what it would do. I don't know. This is thinking outside the box, and I, I agree with Mo because I mean he's pretty much announced guys going in the game, out of the game when somebody scores. So. I don't know that it's going to be thinking outside the box and it's going to be something that the NBA is going to have to address if they choose to go that way. Yeah. I mean, I actually, Scott said, you know, I, before this, I, um, I used to do American river college, like girls basketball games. He's like, so it's like 12 parents, uh, a, a couple of trainers and, and then the two teams. That's the only people you're, and, right. and you got to act like you're a pro and do your thing. Now, I think for me, it'd be really interesting for you and Doug. Like, I know normally you guys want to be as close to the courts as possible. Um, but I, I kind of, at some point, I kind of think maybe you wouldn't want to be as close to the court because you're the only ones in there. And so they're going to hear every single thing that you're saying during the game. I mean, I, I, which, which I think would be kind of interesting. I would still want to be by the court. It's, it's all good. I mean, yeah, listen, it's, there's going to be criticism. There's going to be, I mean, it's part of, it's part of what it is. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, Hey, how about the fact that your teammates got to get more involved in the game? Let's create some energy over here, guys. Let's hear it. You See, know what I mean? Doug is going to be coaching, coaching from the sidelines. <laughs> it, you know, there's a movie called stranger than fiction. Uh, actually a guy I went to high school with actually, I think he wrote it and directed it. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, stranger than fiction was Will Ferrell. 
and he wakes up one day and all of a sudden there's a narrator in his boy in his head um mm-hmm. narrating everything around him and uh it would kind of be like that you would be like the narrator of a basketball game yeah. like uh, like in their head like they're like oh man Doug keeps saying that I'm 2 of 13 from the field like right <laughs> Doug just said I, that if I don't hit another shot I should probably give it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean just how awkward would that be Doug to like but, how but think think about it you know why it would kind of be awkward because you have a singular sound as opposed to 20,000 uh-huh. and everything kind of drowns out. So now your mind can actually pick up on something because it happens from time to time where you go like, Hey, Christy, you suck. And like, there's 20,000 people, but I heard that one, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I glance over at him and I'm like, no, or whatever I say, beep, beep, beep. But the point is that that's kind of how it would go. You got this, this, when when 20,000 are doing it, you might pick up something every now and again, but usually you don't. Your mind just locks into what's going on in between the lines. And, and like that's why when 20,000 people will be hollering at the top of their lungs and it's loud, but I hear Vlade out of everyone going, Doug, on your left, watch the screen. Here it comes. Here it comes. Watch your left, 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 left. But I can hear that. Yeah. This would be similar to something like that, which would – it, it, at first, it would be a little awkward, but I'm telling you, your your coaches, your, your bench, all those guys, it, it, they would take on a different meaning for you. It's like, hey, let's create some energy for ourselves in here, guys, because that's all we got. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be it would be absolutely crazy. Now, Doug, you've you've called enough games now. You've never had a player come over and say, hey, I heard what you said there, or or hey, you no, know. yeah. No, I haven't had that one uh, yet. You know, I, I know Grant has had that um, a few times, and he's told the stories on the radio. I, I haven't. You know, I, I try to be fair. I, I'm calling what I what I see. Listen, no one's out there trying to mess up. That that's that's not what what you're doing. But if you are, you are. It's it's like listen, you have bad games, bro. It's, it's okay. It's like, do you want me to lie and say that? you doing something that you're not doing. I mean, when you do good, you want me to say you're doing good, right? So, yeah. no, I, ha- I haven't had that. Um, I hope that the guys understand that nothing is ever, uh, as long as it's not effort. If you're out there and you're not giving effort, I'm probably not going to be your friend. That that that's the one because that is a that is a variable that you have to take out of the game. I think that that yeah. is there there is no in between in that one you got to give it up baby let's go but other than that listen you're gonna mess up it's part of it's part of the deal like you just said you're three for 12 you're not trying to be three for 12 you're trying to be 12 for 12 but today it's not happening uh figure it out in a different way yeah no i'm with you man uh you know the the one thing i always told my son the only thing you can control on a soccer pitch is your effort your effort that's the only thing like you can't control how much you're gonna play you can't control if a yep. kid with a, an incredible right foot laces a ball into the top corner. You can't control if your keeper has a ball go right through his hands and goes into the net. You can't control any of that. The only thing you can control is how hard you play every single moment that you're on the field because you're running out of days. You're running out of times to play. You know you don't get to play yep. sports forever. Uh, you know eventually yep. it comes to an end, and you don't get to 
you know, I played softball for 19 years. I, I don't play softball anymore. The back's too bad. I just, you know, I, I can't be out there every week. Um, you know, you know, there's a moment where you, you have to hang it up and like, so there's a finite amount of time that you get to play. And so it's an interesting, Doug, I, I think we're, we're open for anything, right? Uh, this is a moment in time where let's get creative. Let's, let's do whatever we got to do. Um, as long as it's safe. I mean, if the players aren't safe, then you yeah. know, this thing needs to end now. Um, uh, if we can't guarantee player safety and I mean, guaranteeing player safety is nearly impossible, but if we can't really get to a point where it's like, look, okay, we're safe, uh, to, to move on and play this, um, you know, you could put, there are plenty of hotels in, uh, in Las Vegas that have 30 floors and you could give each team a floor and have plenty of space, uh, and keep everybody in one hotel with one food source and, um, yep. you know, very, very totally. protected, uh, they go from there straight to the arena uh, in, in a bus that that has been swabbed and cleaned, and uh, you know, a bus driver that's tested every day. Um, there, there yep. are ways to do this, Doug. Um, it, it's just it has to be worth it. And if it's not, if we're not going to get the quality of play, if we're not going to get, if we're not going to respect the game, then then I say, you know, let's just call the season and, and start worrying about this, you know, what this looks like in October. Um, but I would love to yeah. have basketball come back. You know, it's like when you say respect the game, that's why, to, to me, the, the, the raw essence of the game is, is not with fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. Fans make the game. Don't, don't get me wrong. But when you start playing basketball, you're usually in your driveway, you're in your backyard, you're at the park, you're someplace. And when you put in the, the work, that's why when I, I talk about our team and playing in front of our incredible fans at Arco that were just next level, they, they got to see the show. But the show, man, the show was rehearsed over and over and over. Yep. And when it was rehearsed, there was nobody in the gym, Pam. The, the gym, the gym was empty, and we were each other's fans and laughing and uh, jeering at each other and, and all of that. That's why I, I don't understand the apprehension. You know, is it is it different? Yeah, it's different. But to be honest, it's the raw essence of the sport. There it is, the raw essence of basketball. I, you know, I hope that we uh, we we figure this one out soon. Um, again, I don't think we have any idea what's coming next. Um, Doug, I, you know, we've run long here. So do you have any final thoughts, um, you know, about, about the world in general? Yeah. You know, I, I, I said this to to Grant when we first started, I said, you know what, we're going to come on here. We're going to come on here and we're going to talk and we're, we're not specialists and experts. And so every, every, sentence is going to be ended with but we we're not really sure because we don't know what we don't know and that's still where we're at and I, I just say to everybody please stay safe um, as Ham mentioned earlier reach out to people that you love and uh, let's let's hope that we have some type of new normal whatever that is 
and hopefully, you know, first with our lives, but ultimately sports come back because they're a big part of our lives so that we can continue to share with all of you something that we're passionate about and that we truly love. And if you're listening to this, you obviously uh, probably love it as well. That's right. Okay, so my final thoughts are, look, the worst is coming, so be safe. Uh, and that's not that's not an uneducated statement just so people know it's it's a very very educated statement the worst is coming uh especially here in california so do the right thing um I, for me doug you know i it's funny i i am the the diy guy i do all these crazy things at my house i i built a greenhouse um i just got done building a glass wall um i, I had like a four foot wall and i wanted to build three uh three rows of blocks on top of it um i remodeled my laundry room that was fun um you know whatever it takes for you to to do the right thing for the people around you and it's not always about you a lot of time it's about uh your next door neighbor or your parent or someone else that is is at risk uh do the right thing and it's not easy it's not going to be easy we're probably going to be going through this for a while um, but that doesn't mean that you can't make the right decision for not just you but everyone around you and so i hope that everyone stays safe uh we'll keep bringing you podcasts we got one lined up for next week already uh one or two i will try to do two but some weeks there is only going to be one um and everyone stay safe be happy uh and yes, sir. And so, uh, you know, I think that's, that's going to do it for this edition of the Purple Talk podcast on NBC Sports California. Um, we'll be back soon. For Doug Christie, I'm James Ham. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, be safe. Go Kings!